Good morning. Good morning. After a brief Sukkot hiatus, we are back in action studying the Tomer Devorah. It wasn't so brief. It felt like forever, but in any event, we're back. Studying Tomer Devorah, we're in the second chapter um, where he, uh, where Moses Cordovero is outlining another element of how to emulate uh, God's highest attributes, which is uh, the, the virtue of keter, uh, which translates to crown. And we saw in the chapter 1 uh, that one element of uh, that highest attribute is God's compassion. And there are several other qualities that, uh, that, that Cordovero suggests are part of that highest quality of God. And he's going to outline them here in chapter 2. So we looked at a couple of them uh, last time, um, and we'll move forward uh, uh, now. So we're in the English on page 71, uh, in the Hebrew on page Kuf Yud Dalit, which is in the top right corner of the page. Um, and in the middle of the page is a bold word that says Hashniyah, which means the second. And so that's what we're going to be looking at in the Hebrew. Hashniyah. Right, so the second aspect of this is that a person's thoughts should resemble the thoughts of God's crown. Okay, so here's the quality of God's thinking. That kind of wisdom never stops from thinking good thoughts. It's like in uh, Peter Pan, like the way you fly is to think happy thoughts, right? Uh, and if you, and as soon as you start thinking sad thoughts, you start sinking. Uh, that's sort of what he's saying about uh, about God. God's uh, capacity for wisdom is that only good. God is able to entertain only good thoughts. God never thinks negative thoughts. Never entertains negativity. The hara lo yikanespa, right? Evil negativity never enters into God's thinking. Because God's thinking is about uh, pure compassion, pure love, pure mercy. And in order to have that kind of compassion, it, you need to not focus on anything negative. Right? We looked at that when we talked about God's compassion, and one of the qualities of that was essentially God ignoring our faults. Right? And God's able to be so compassionate because God doesn't pay attention to the negative things. Right? So one quality then of, uh, of God's thinking is God's ability to, uh, to compartmentalize, essentially. Right? To, to, to entertain positivity but not negativity. The Ain Sham Din Veloshum Koshi Klal. Right? There's no judgment and no difficulty that enters into God's thinking. Kach Adam. So similarly, a person, a person should always have his thoughts free from every kind of ugly thought. And, and this is the secret of the ancient Torah. There's a Kabbalistic notion that before there was a, a written Torah, uh, there was a, an ancient Torah that preceded it, uh, that the Torah that we have is based on. 
Uh, and some of that is reflected in this idea that Moses received two Torahs on Mount Sinai. One is a written Torah and one is an oral Torah that helps to expand on and explain the written Torah. But I think even more than that, there is a, a rabbinic idea um, uh, that's mentioned in, in the Talmud and some other places that, that God actually looked at the Torah in creating the world. So that the Torah itself is the blueprint for existence. And through studying Torah, we therefore unlock the secrets of the universe. Right? And so this is the secret of wisdom. When God created the, 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 the concept of wisdom in the world, when God enabled wisdom to exist, God did it with the, the capacity, with the built into it, the capacity to entertain goodness, to choose whether you think good thoughts or bad thoughts. Right? And that's a secret of this, uh, this, this um, ancient Torah, this prehistoric Torah that, uh, that existed. That was the blueprint for wisdom as it was created. Velo yechsar shum sod Torah. And there's and it doesn't lack any secret of Torah. Kach lo yifne el shum pnia chutz mimachshevet Torah. So therefore, a person um, doesn't need to entertain any other thoughts than thinking about Torah. Velachshov begadlut ha'el pulatav hatovot, and to be able to think about the greatness of God and God's good qualities. In other words. What he's saying is that it is very difficult to, uh, to be godlike in this way, to only entertain good thoughts. So what he's saying is that the, the way to train ourselves to think in this way is by spending our time thinking about God and thinking about Torah. And when you do that... When you spend your time thinking, meditating, dwelling on divine qualities, it it creates a buffer, right? It um, there was this great. I, I used to watch this show called Married with Children, um, which was this uh, very lowbrow comedy um, that my parents probably shouldn't have let me watch, but I watched it nonetheless. Okay, um, and uh, and one of the characters on the show, the daughter um, was this blonde, and she was portrayed as being very uh, dumb. And there was this, what's that? She's a pen, she's a pen grad, right? She's actually very bright in, in real life. Um, Christina Applegate, right? Um, good pen grad. Uh, but there's this one episode that always sticks with me where they're training her to go on a game show. And, um, and you could see them putting the information into her head. And then all this old information seeps out of her head. You can like see it kind of going out. And, and I think that's sort of what he's suggesting here. Is you push in information, push in thoughts about, about God and Torah. And it pushes out the negativity. Leaves no room for it. Um, Right? Think about God's uh, good qualities and how you can do good and things like that. So the, uh, the essence of the matter, you shouldn't allow a strange or null, or null thought to enter into your thinking. And we do this all the time. Um, I do this all the time, I should say, um, where, where, you know, I'm not... When I'm busy with things, when I'm busy thinking about things, when I'm when I'm you know working on a when I'm working on a sermon, when I'm studying Torah, when I'm just doing work, I don't have a lot of time to um, to think 
negatively. Um, it's when I'm it's when I'm really kind of doing nothing. Um, that's where I'm where I I'm able to entertain um, a lot more negative thoughts. And so he's essentially, I think, saying that the more we busy ourselves with positivity, the more of a capacity we'll have to only think positive. Whereas if we allow ourselves to, you know, to, to uh, diverge into sort of banal entertainments or to just sit around, we start popping up in our, in our head um, negative thoughts. And, and so he's saying that the, the way to think positive thoughts, I think, is to act positively. And this was the highest level that Rabbi that Rabbi Shimon in the in the Talmud and his colleagues were able to achieve. And so there's a story in the Talmud. Uh, um, excuse me, a story in the Zohar um, about Rabbi Yossi, who's a, a, a rabbi of the Talmud, that uh, uh, when whenever his thoughts would kind of uh, uh, digress um, whenever he would start, you know, kind of drifting off in his thinking. Rabbi um, Shimon would jump at him and say, "No, you need to put your thoughts back on track. Right? Put your eyes back on the prize." Um, so this is, in some ways, I think, a, a very uh, a difficult and harsh teaching. Um, in some ways, n- not necessarily a, a psychologically healthy teaching, um, because it, it could be interpreted, I think, as a way of ignoring um, the the real legitimate uh, problems that you might have in your life. Right. So, for example, if you're in physical pain, um, it doesn't really help ultimately to only think positive thoughts. That doesn't that thinking positive thoughts won't make your, um, God forbid, not on us, it won't make your cancer go away, right? Um, however, thinking negative thoughts won't help you cure it either, right? So in some ways it can be psychologically or physically damaging to think this way, but in other ways it actually can be very helpful because there are real problems that we have, but dwelling negatively on them isn't necessarily helpful either. And so what he's saying is that the, that, the, that the best way forward, the wisest way forward, the godly way forward, is to think positively. To think, opti- not necessarily optimistically, that may not be the right word, to think hopefully. Right? To, 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 to think about um, uh, how the situations in which we're in can be used for positivity, can be used for good, how we can transform negativity into positivity. And when our minds are drifting off into a, a negative track, to rein ourselves back in and to uh, remind ourselves of God's inability to entertain negative thoughts. Let's do a little bit more. Hashli sheet. so the third thing. Now we're on page 72 in the English. Mitzcho lo bokoshi klal. So your forehead, or God's forehead, doesn't have any hardness. Ele yidmeh tamid lemetzach haratzon. Rather, uh, a person's forehead, I think the forehead is really the symbol of the, of the hardest part of your head. Right? The, the, your stubbornness. Right? So, saying, don't be stubborn. Right? Your forehead should be like the forehead of God's will. 
that is open to everything, that it, that's, that, that, that's pleased to accept everything and everyone. Even if you see angry people, accept them, appease them with goodwill. Because God's uh, acceptable forehead, right? God's, uh, what's the opposite of stubbornness? Softness? Acceptance? God's acceptance? Normal. What's that? Normal. Normal. God's Spineless. Ex- <laughs> Pliable. Pliable. Okay. Well, I'm not sure if it's. Because I'm not sure if this is spinelessness. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I can see why. I, I, that was just right. I understand. Uh, no, but I can understand why that would be a criticism of of what uh, Cordovero is suggesting here. That, um, but I think it actually takes a lot of backbone to experience negativity, to experience um, anger, to experience uh, hatred, and to respond to it not with. Not in kind, not with more negativity, not with uh, uh, more hatred, not with more anger, not with more violence. Um, I think it actually takes a substantial amount of strength to um, to subvert that and to respond to it with with positivity and and softness. Um, this very much is like uh, like the Tao Te Ching, uh, which talks about the power of water and and how water is a very soft and pliable substance, but also is one of the few substances that can actually push through the hardest substances, right? So if you let it go for a while, um, water will push through rock and any, you know, difficult or hard substance, um, even though it's actually a very soft and pliable substance, yeah. Pliable is the word you're looking for. Right, absolutely. I think that was Al- Albie's word, too. Um, so I want to take credit for it. But, uh, so I think, right, so, and God has this pliable forehead, right, this pliable will, um, that is always looking for ways to uh, to transform, to fix, to um, to make turn positive things that are negative. Right? And so that God is able to um, to appease those uh, people who are strong and who are overpowered by their anger. And God is able to uh, pacify them with God's uh, goodwill and to, um, and to uh, help inculcate in them a great wisdom to quiet their anger. So that they don't breach the boundary and uh, and 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 damage things god forbid the asad dugmal ratson ha elyon shehu nimshakh min khokhma nifla bmitzcha de atika u misham meratzako and god uh, uh, creates an example um uh, from this uh, supernal will uh that it, that god is able to draw from this uh awesome wisdom from god's uh um, uh, uh, ancient forehead, uh, and from there is able to appease everybody. And therefore, God is able to always be uh, a kind, pleasant to people. And similarly, he's suggesting that if we do this, if we, if we 
transform our stubbornness to pliability, we can also always have this demeanor of pleasantness to all people. Right? If you are difficult with people, people won't, uh, your difficulty, your difficult demeanor won't help people overcome their anger, frustration, uh, violence, and hatred. It might do the opposite, make them more angry, make them more prone to, uh, to, to act on their anger, but it doesn't help them sub, uh, um, transform their anger. But your being pleasant to them will. V'zeh ta'am ha-mishnah, kol sheruach ha-briot ruach ha-makom and this is what the Mishnah means when it says, anyone who, uh, for whom his fellow people are pleased with him, God is pleased with him. Right? So, in other words, the, um, there's a three... How do I want to put this? There's, there's a, a, a sort of triangulation here. Right? So, if one is pleasant to other people, God will be pleasant to him, knowing that God is pleasant to other people. Right? And the model for how to be pleasant to other people, for how to be pliable instead of stubborn, for it to have a soft forehead instead of a hard one, is to, is to look to God's uh, example, who, is, uh, uh, who sets an example of being uh, pleasant and pliable to people, even when they are... Uh, uh, angry or, or threatening. And when we do that, um, we enable people to be pleased with us, to find pleasantness with us. And through that, God is also pleased with us and them. Good morning. Good morning.